This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. More of the Mix 100 at number 16 from my Rewind series episode on Motherland Fort Salem, featuring cast interviews. We have to go back to the beginning with the creator and showrunner, Elliot Lawrence. Take us back to building this world. I love alternate histories, and that's what got me interested. And then uh, seeing it all un- unfurl, it was just so fascinating. So tell me how this idea came to you, and then building this amazing world. Well, thank you so much. That's very kind. I've had a, a lifelong kind of almost problematic obsession with anything occult. I have just been fascinated with 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 that stuff kind of from you know the time that I was a little kid so as a screenwriter I've always been sort of trying to merge like my love of that stuff with a tv or film project and you know one day I think it was about eight eight years ago possibly closer to nine years ago now I was sort of brainstorming and I was kind of narrowing down on some sort of like which academy it's like gossip girl and it's in new york city and it's like, you know, Hogwarts, but it's very sophisticated and edgy. And I'm like, that's boring. That's horrible. What are you doing? And then, and then I, I'll never forget the day. I just, it almost felt like a lightning kind of peanut butter jelly magic moment. I just <laughs> got this idea of, wait a minute, what if one of the Salem witches, A, was a witch and B, cut a deal with the Massachusetts Bay militia before we were even a country? And said, you know, I'll win a wars if you'll make a place for, I'll win your wars if you make a place for my people. And that was immediately so provocative that, you know, even though I had lo- always loved sci-fi and fantasy, I never really tried to, to figure it out. And I just, I just dove in and every single kind of what if I came up with was more provocative than the last. And I just kept going. And so I tried to do it as a book series and I, you know, had never tried to do that before. So it was very humbling and it took a while and I finally got a book proposal together and sent it to a lot of publishers and people were extremely kind. They kind of universally loved the idea, but we couldn't find a home for it. And then I got busy with other projects and my wonderful producer, Kevin Messick, who has been almost supernaturally loyal to this thing, um, <laughs> you know, called me and, and said, why don't we do this as a TV show? And I was like, yeah, why didn't we think of this like eight years ago? Because it's such a TV show, because the world, there's just so many things to explore in the world. It just, mm. even in that initial moment, it felt like one of those really rich playgrounds that's just going to keep giving if you keep poking around in it. So that's how it all started. More of the Mix 100, number 16, rewind episode on Motherland Fort Salem in a moment. Once again, we meet Demetria McKinney who talks about Raelle and the other women. I think out of all three of the girls, she sees pieces of her that she's not necessarily able to expose because that could be taken as weakness, that could be taken advantage of, and there's too much at stake. But with Raelle not having any real agenda, only to be a good person, understanding the loss that she suffered, um, and understanding that she can go either way, that rebellious nature can be a positive or a negative. And I think that that's something that she was exposed to as a, as a fosterling. Anacostia was an orphan. So I'm, mm. I'm oh, betting, wow. we haven't gotten much into her backstory, but I'm betting that she had an opportunity to be that exact same person. And um, mm. understanding that it took an alder 
to take her under her wing, really show her what this was, really show her love, really show her that, you know, you're not alone. And I think that loneliness is something that bonded her with Rael. Oh, excellent. You know, there's a scene when they're in training and Rael and Abigail get get into it because of their mothers and, and their past. Uh, and yeah. she kind of lets them get into it. Why do you think yeah. she did that? She needed to see what power comes in all forms. And it's exposed in a lot of different ways. Some people use their power for bad, which can be in the form of rage. It can be a form of hatred. And she needed to see what those powers would do untouched. You know, she wasn't going to let it go too far, but she needed to see what they knew to tap into. And if that was rage at that moment, okay, how do we show them that just as much power you have in rage, you have in peace, you have in love, you have in vulnerability, you have in wisdom, you have in stillness. So all of this is a learning lesson for each of them. And she's using what they know to get them to learn what they don't. Jessica Sutton is Tally. My character that I play, her name's Tally Craven. Uh, she's born and raised in a matrifocal town. And for those who don't know what that is, because I, I, I didn't know either when I read it, um, <laughs> it's a you know, purely female-based-led community. And her her line, her particular line, has been given a discom- uh, dispensation since her mother's sisters were killed off fighting on the front lines. So she she doesn't have to fight, but she ends up volunteering because in the show she really represents um, the heart, I guess, the truest believer in the cause. She just knows that there's goodness in her and wants to be good and come into her full potential as a woman and as a witch and to serve her country. So she volunteers despite her mother's wishes. And yeah, that's kind of where the show drops into that little, just the little introduction of life before Fort Salem. And you'll find that um, you get these little introductions to um, all three main characters. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I always say, I mean, the cast might have been talking about how to kind of soundbite uh, talking about our characters because we find it difficult just to talk about one without mentioning all three. Um, That's right. And I would say, like, just in terms of the character, the character types, I would say, you know, we have Rael as the rebel, and she very much represents the mind, and Abigail as this fierce leader representing the body, and Tally as this, you know, truest believer, really believing you know, and everything that Fort Salem stands for, and that would probably Mm -hmm. represent the heart. So, you know, we have this mind, body, heart, and you can see just how all three experience massive growth throughout the show. You know, the rebel learning to open herself up to love again, and the leader coming into her own courage and taking action, and the believer who has to learn a lot of discernment and assertion and kind of that, you know, idea of innocence growing up you know, becoming wisdom. Who's growing up would be wisdom. I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I just sucked that out of the ether. <laughs> but yeah, I, guess that's, I think that's what pain and, and, and life just living teaches you. Ashley Nicole Williams is Abigail Bellwether, who has a legacy to live up to. It's so cool to play that because she has so many layers to her. There's so much depth. I think her source of pressure being her mom and being a bellwether, she also puts pressure on herself. And that's something um, I as Ashley do. So it's, it's really cool to be able to connect to her um, in that aspect. 
you know, she, she doesn't want to fail. And that's something I don't want to fail as well. So I think just bringing myself to the character was the coolest part, unraveling those layers in her. And I think it just, it makes for a great character all around. Yeah. And not only is the pressure, but her fellow classmates, it can happen one of two ways. She could look down on them or they could look down on her. And that's exactly what's happening because right. of who she is. Uh, she right. has that added pressure. So she doesn't catch a break. At all. She doesn't. And, um, you know, she has to learn because she's a bellwether. Um, I think at the beginning she does look down on Rael, especially because Rael doesn't oh, yeah. really care. Yeah. She doesn't really care about the war, you know, her mom, her mom died and she just thinks it's, it's slavery and not by choice or, you know, whatever she says, but being a bellwether, she does need to learn that, yes, you do need to succeed, but you can't knock everyone down in your way. So she'll have to learn just like the other girls have to learn that they need to work together to get to their, you know, their goal and where they want to be. So Abigail really has to learn that there's no I am team and, you know, she shouldn't look down on other people. She should, you know, care about them and help them as well. One of the fans' favorites is actor Taylor Hickson, who is at Rael. When you read the part of Rael, what, uh, what jumped out at you uh, after reading the first script or maybe some of the sides? Oh, wow. Um, I mean, just the general world <laughs> of, of motherland is incredibly seductive uh, at first pitch. Uh, you know, being granted uh, the opportunity to drive a narrative as a powerful female character when we're often thought of as a backdrop or an afterthought to powerful male personas. You know, we're, we're finally not only coexisting, but we're, we're leading alongside men. So, of course, that's incredibly attractive <laughs> as a, a general consensus of, of the world of Motherland. I, I've always been incredibly interested in witch, witchcraft uh, itself. So, you know, when you're looking at the anatomy of the witch in Motherland and the use of the vocalizations, um, uh, it's a direct translation to women having a voice and, and holding power and carrying authority. That's something we really hope to use uh, the depiction of, of the vocalizations to empower other women and, and its use, because I, I can certainly say that um, that's the effect it had on me uh, when I was first looking at it. It's you know, it's a testament to the value of your voice. And I think that this project came along at a time where I really, really needed that encouragement. Uh, so, I, you know, I approached Rael in, in wanting to learn from her. Uh, and it, it certainly did just that. It was a major challenge uh, emotionally and physically, but um, it was brought on with utmost enthusiasm. <laughs> <clears throat> More on Motherland Fort Salem in a moment. Madam President and my favorite dream girl, Cheryl Lee Ralph. About President Wade, um, I noticed that it, there was this one scene I saw, because I've watched pretty much every episode, and the one scene that I saw, I kind of get, reading between the lines, she might have a bit of a mistrust for the witches. Ooh, I'm glad you're paying attention. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Of course she does. Just a little bit of mistrust. But what I love about the character is she's trying to learn as much as she can about these witches under the leadership of General Alder, who's been in power for so very long. There's more Rewind looking at Motherland Fort Salem in just a moment. Let's get back to Motherland Fort Salem on Rewind Season 1. Shades of gray abound in Motherland Fort Salem. Here's Demetrio McKinney, Taylor Hickson, and Cheryl Lee Ralph. You know what I've learned that I really appreciate in Motherland is that not everything is as black and white as it seems. You know, um, right. for example, if you, if you, I love Broadway. If you go to Broadway and you look at the yeah. show Wicked, right? Everybody knows yes. the Wizard of Oz, Green Witch was a bad lady, blah, 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 blah. But then Wicked takes a moment and exposes why she turned into that. And it's not that you okay what she did in the wig, but you get a better understanding of where that thing came from. So the spree is, yes, definitely the rogue element of witchcraft, um, but they're really fighting against what they feel is tyranny, you know, um, volunteering Mm -hmm. your life for people who don't necessarily care for you, understand you, who have persecuted you. You know, you basically feel like you're put into slavery. So they're fighting their cause. And in their mind, this thing is right. Now, their methods suck. They're absolutely freaking terrible. Um, but that is why I think that the grounding of who they are is so impactful because again, you can use your power for good and evil. It, it's, it's just as important as who has the power. Sort of their, their main cause is it's a bit, you know, confused. I think it began as a way to liberate the witches, you know, as a way of saying free our people. And, um, you know, it just began taking on these extremes of trying to send a message to their uh, the American government, you know, they're just so, so exhausted from, from not being heard that, um, you know, they've taken uh, on the extremes of killing their people, civilians, killing humans. And uh, it just becomes yeah. a cycle because of the witches owned by the government. They're directed to protect the civilians from free. So it becomes a bit of witch on witch and, uh, you know, it's, it's incredibly dangerous to all parties involved. Mm-hmm. Rael lost her mother to the cause, so I think she has a lot of right. holds a lot of resentment for the army in general, and I think that in turn makes her interested ab- about uh, about the spree. You know, being in the army, she's fed all of this propaganda, but I just think she knows better than to trust what she's told, and I think she wants to see up close for herself. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of what's being puppeted behind the scenes. I just think she she knows more than she lets on, and uh, and she's going to be very determined to sort of find out more about um, what lurks in the shadow of Alder, the general, and um, about yeah. the leaders of the spree. I think, uh, yeah, she's very mm-hmm. conflicted. You know something? I I was listening to that whole scene there, and I said to myself, my God, once again, art can imitate life. I agree with what they want, and the way they're going at it, it is with the cost of so much human life. But they Mm. believe in their cause so much that they believe all of these people should die. When, in fact, if they were to use what they have in their hands, they could save the lives. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is making me crazy. 
But yeah, it's <laughs> oh, it's very interesting. Jessica Sutton. I think the military aspect of this show just calls for you know a huge physical demand, and you know all of us as actors we we felt compelled to commit a hundred percent to doing our own stunts, and we had incredible trainers and stunts kind of you know make us look amazing in our attempts, and if we couldn't, they would stand in for us. You know, and I mean, I would I would not describe myself as um, athletic in the slightest. And I and I would speak for all three of us in saying that we are not gifted in hand eye coordination. Um, and the weapon of choice in this world is not guns, but um, an ancient martial art called rope dart. And so they become wow. there's, there's a whole other set of skills that you have to learn in wielding this this weapon um, and making it look quite effortless and cool. Um, so <laughs> it's, I mean, from an actor's point of view, it's just a dream come true when you, when you met with such an exciting challenge. And I, I just know from any kind of, any time that I've stepped up to, to kind of start of my comfort zone, I've always been rewarded and kind of walking away with something that I yeah. didn't know about myself. And at that point, I think, yeah, just most of the time I was walking away from the mat or the day thinking, I'm stronger than I give myself credit for. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was pretty badass. <laughs> well, speaking of coming together, we saw it. what happens when you do come together first with the, what I call the tuning fork test, and then the other when you're essentially, you set a record for blasting a hole in the wall when the three of you got together. So yeah. that's, that, that's got to be one of the main themes of coming together and working as a team to uh, overcome your enemies. And and the spree looked uh, like they're pretty deadly folks. Oh, for sure. Like I said, we definitely have to put aside our differences and come together because we we weren't just placed as a unit, like by chance. It's definitely, I feel like, Alder knows what she's doing and we're, yeah. we're all very powerful and we just have to learn how to hone in our powers and use them together because we see what we can do together and it's so powerful and I feel like it'll be unstoppable, honestly. Taylor Hicks. Personally, I've always been kind of uh, leaning towards people that are kind of a little bit rebellious. And uh, it's like, you want to put me in this slot? I don't fit into that slot. And I want to make my own slot. And I think I'm, I, I've always admired that. And, uh, and she has yeah. that in spades. And I love that about her. Yeah. I, I definitely have great empathy with her there. Um, I felt like a lot of my life, I was, you know, that game when you're a child and you're trying to put shapes into um, a box yes. with all the cutouts and the shapes aren't fitting. I've often felt like I've been doing that with moments of my life or, or pieces of me and uh, I definitely connect with Rhea on that one. She's just navigating her her youth and her womanhood and, and trying to find her place and uh, you know, teach herself about, about trust and love and what it means to grieve and you know it, she's just so dynamic and authentic in her being and it's incredibly um, attractive to young female actor. You know, uh, as far as her love life, if I were to her directly, I would say <laughs> tread very carefully where you're, the territory you're going into could be very dangerous right now. So yes. talk about that aspect Absolutely. of playing her. Well, I'd say that um, 
My relationship with Amalia's character, Stella, was probably one of my favorite parts about playing Rael, just because you see so much emotional repression uh, from all of the characters. You know, it's, it's sort of a, that we're speaking to toxic masculinity. It's great as an actor to explore new relationships and new territory, but um, just to get that vulnerability in that side of Rael and, and just see her really open up and... Um, you know, allow herself to trust and love and, and just be a little bit lighthearted and sort of forget about the extremities around them and, you know, that matter and that pressure of life and death. But, yeah, their relationship over the arc of this season is uh, incredibly passionate. It's intense. It hones a lot of death determination. Uh, it's very powerful, all-consuming. And, uh, you know, it, it majorly affects a lot of the life paths and career paths in the military from many characters. And uh, mm -hmm. Amalia herself is just, she's such a phenomenal scene partner, and it was an honor to develop an on-screen relationship with her. We were very lucky to have organic chemistry. With The Mix, it's one of the many special programs available, and it's determined by listener downloads. And it's part of Sci-Fi Talk Plus which is great gift for you and also for your friends and family. Now over 900 episodes that are commercial-free, uncut, and even special programmed. The best part, it's free, but it is limited. Just click on the link in the show notes for that free lifetime access, but do it quickly. This is Tony Tolado.